एवरीवन सो हियर इज आई रिमेंबर यू भैया शुगर दो पार्ट वन चैप्टर टेन आई होप यू आर गोइंग टू लाइक इट सो लेट्स गेट स्टार्टेड चैप्टर टेन कंट्रेरी टू ऑल फॉरकास्ट द वेदर डेटरेटेड दिस डिट नॉट सरप्राइज फ्रेयर इनफैक्ट इट वॉज रिमार्केबल हाउ मेड इट हैड बिन रिसेंटली ही हैड थॉट अलॉट अबाउट द वेदर बिफोर फाइनली डिसाइडिंग टू मूव वेस्ट ही हैड नेवर बिन मच ऑफ ए वन फॉर विंटर स्पोर्ट्स बट ही न्यू दैट इस्ताफ ऑन दूर वॉज अ ट्रू स्कायर्स पैराडाइज आफ्टर द करोना क्रेस्ट हिज फ्रेंड्स इन द साउथ हैड सजेस्टेड गोइंग फॉर अ हॉलीडे देयर इंस्टेड ऑफ ऑस्ट्रिया और द इटालियन एल्प्स but because of the unusual warm spell this friends still had not show their faces even though they had made plans for their visit before freer had headed west in the ottoman he had not decided whether he was disappointed or relieved at their postponing the trip immediately after moving he had looked forward to their visit but over time he had started to fear being reminded of his former life and stirring up memories that he wanted to leave behind some for good regular phone conversation with his friends in the south always featured uncomfortable questions about his future and his life over the next few years on bad days they conjured up mental images of himself still still in istafondesur in the hospital's forlorn single family residence watching television far into the night alone the slit hit the windscreen with increased force and the windscreen wipers were nearly powerless against it no matter how fast they moved freer held unnecessarily tightly to the steering wheel but consciously relaxed his grip after entering the town limits the car was old and inexpensive since it had been all freer could afford after his divorce when he had left to sara whatever they had managed to acquire he had started off with a clean slate and over time would scrape together what he needed while it was unlikely that sara would ever be in condition to work full time again in any case leaving her almost everything freed her from most financial problems though she still had plenty to deal with the only condition that he had set when they divided their possessions was that the house be sold he knew it was not healthy for sara to roam about the to roam about the empty house where she would be constantly reminded of benny and the past sara had invested in a decent apartment downtown although he had recently heard from a concerned friend of hers that sara was planning to put the apartment up for sale and buy another one in arthonshold closer to their old home no doubt to continue her endless search for their son in the neighborhood but as far as that was concerned he had little say things being as they were the discussion on the radio seemed to be trying to a close the entire way over he had been listening to a depressing interview with an economist who offered an extremely bleak outlook on the nation's financial state when by chance the conversation took a more positive turn it seemed to surprise the speakers completely and they nearly shouted each other down trying to get the conversation back on course freer had no idea why he was putting up with this depressing exchange it was not as if there were a shortage of radio stations however there was no need to change stations at this point the hospital was just around the corner freer had not intended to end his journey there he had only gone for a drive in order to clear his mind but he had decided to head there after driving after driving aimlessly up and down the fazord 
the television had not captured his attention and he did not want to go to bed early and take the risk of waking in the middle of the night and lying there sleepless worrying about things the drive around the fazord had helped him focus his thoughts the files from dagny had made him more upset than he had been in a long time and he felt himself creeping uncomfortably closer to the precipice that sara had already plunged up apart from during the first weeks after benny's disappearance freer had managed to ignore his most disturbing thoughts perhaps he had given them free rein now and then but never for very long there was nothing either he or sara could have done to change what had happened he had to keep that firmly in mind when he started blaming himself for having stayed too long in his office after fetching the insulin the morning that when it disappeared it would not have changed anything if he had come home an hour earlier not a thing or would it naturally doubt assailed him quite often but he always packed it away carefully in a suitable place somewhere in his head before turning to other things usually long before obsession managed to sow its seeds sara was not as good at this as he was and he could not blame her for that few people knew better than he did how difficult it was to rein in such painful thoughts and unlike him sara had never been tough now he had managed to overcome disappear once again forced himself to look the problem in the eye and determined to solve it the question that he now faced was undeniably unusual why had a complete stranger in flatry mentioned benny by name in her suicide note it did not look as if there would be any straightforward answer but he would find it there was always an explanation no matter how strange and he just had to go ahead and search for it therefore in the end he had decided to go back to the hospital get the files from dagny and try to work this out immediately rather than letting it hang over him until tomorrow it was out of the question that he had it was out of the question that he would be able to sit back down in front of the television or do anything else not tonight and probably not anytime soon he took off his jacket and checked if hala's medical files had been sent over freer had been given the job of going over her medical history for the autopsy report and all the files were kept at the healthcare clinic in her hometown flatry amid the day's bustle he had forgotten to check whether they had been sent over to stefan dezur although they must have been considering how close the two places were and indeed they had a thick envelope marked with his name waited on the sec- secretary's abundant desk and he grabbed it after leaving behind a message on a little slip of paper saying that he had taken the records he did not want a tough lashing from the grouchy secretary so he hoped she would be satisfied with the message the administrative wing of the hospital was like a graveyard he met no one on his way to his office and felt relieved he would not have to explain what he was up to so late in the evening especially given that he was not on the duty just to be sure he shut the door behind him so that the room's light was not visible if anyone passed by when he finally sat down behind his desk he felt like a burglar hala had lived her whole life in flatry meaning her entire medical history came from one place apart from the death certificate that was yet to be issued the records covered the woman's life from the cradle to the grave
if she had ever suffered from any mental problems that kind of information would be found here that is if her doctor had noticed and recorded it he decided to start at the beginning and read each page carefully so as not to miss anything he wanted to find out whether her mental health had been defective and search for an explanation for her strange note his best theory was that a possible mental disorder had started to manifest itself around the time that benny had gone missing and that media coverage of the disappearance had merged with her Ill- delusions it would not it would not be unusual he also recalled hala's husband mentioning that it had been around 3 years since hala's increased religious interest had started to become noticeable that also fitted in with this time frame benny had disappeared a little over 3 years ago but no such information could be found in the endless list of ordinary ailments and annual flu jabs that marked the milestones in hala's medical history her tonsils were removed when she was 11 she broke her arm once on a skiing trip went through three normal pregnancies and had her children had one stillbirth cut herself on a knife and more along those lines during the past 5 years her visits to the doctor had increased but all of them were related to high blood pressure and cholesterol issues for which she was being treated there was nothing that could be associated in any way with mental illness the one entry connected with mental health was from when she was 13 her mother had taken her to the doctor because she thought her daughter was behaving peculiarly she was frightened and unsociable and not entirely herself the doctor's conclusion was that her condition had to do with puberty which which had just begun and although prayer read the report several times over there was nothing to indicate that there was anything unusual about the diagnosis about the diagnosis so this day this kind of thing would be followed up more thoroughly than it had been then it did catch his attention however that this visit had occurred in the same year and at the same time as the break in at the primary school the doctor's report was dated december 1953 in order to confirm this he looked in the old police report from dagnis files and he was right the break in had occurred at the end of november the same year he could not see any connection but the coincidence was interesting nonetheless a break in at the primary primary school and hala suffers from depression a break in at the preschool under very similar circumstances and hala kills herself the connection was not exactly crystal clear but it was still something to ponder about when it became obvious that there was nothing more to learn from the medical files freya ran through the papers from dagny again these had much more substance as they were former police reports and other files that had been written in the knowledge that others would be reading them later he ran his eyes over dagny's summary of the contents of hala's handbag which had been lying on the floor of the church but which she had overlooked the first time she had been at the scene the bag contained nothing unusual a makeup bag a wallet a little hair brush a packet of ibuprofen some chewing gum keys and a mobile phone however a note concerning the mobile phone stood out its memory was full of messages that all said the that all said the same thing find me find benny the sender's number was blocked and dagnis attempts to find it out had been fruitless 
the newest message in the inbox were three months old, which made it difficult to know whether the sender had stopped their harassment or whether the inbox was simply full up and refused to accept any more. Freya read this information over and over again, but only became more confused each time. There was a particular accord between these words and the letter that Hala had left behind. Yet it was difficult to base such a connection on four words. Freyer felt his heart beat faster at seeing his son's name a second time in connection with the suicide, and his headache flared. He put the paper down and tried to compose himself. He turned to the class photograph that had been damaged during the break-in. The children were arranged in three rows. They stared straight ahead, all with rather befuddled expressions as if the photographer had snapped the photo by surprise. Naturally, the expressions of the children whose faces the vandal had obliterated were not visible, but Freyer did not imagine they would have been any more unusual in appearance or their smiles any bigger than those of their classmates. Most of the children were dressed in their best clothes. The boys in shirts and ties and the girls in skirts and cardigans. The only exception was a short boy standing at the end of the middle row. He was neither dressed up nor wearing a look of surprise. He seemed extremely sad. His big black eyes were not, stra- were not staring straight ahead but away from the group and as a result he seemed out of place and isolated. He also stood a bit apart from the others, not shoulder to shoulder with a with everyone else, like the rest, strengthening Freer's hunch that he was either new to the class or was an outsider to the group for different reasons. His clothes looked scurfy, his trousers were too short, and his jumper frayed, worn and badly fitting. Again, Freer felt irritated at having just a photocopy to hand, since the names of the children beneath the picture were unreadable. He only had a handwritten list of the names of the ones whose faces the vandal had obliterated from the photo. Since he was familiar with none of them but Hala, he wanted to know who the others in this class were, since hopefully some of them still lived in Istafondezur. He did not think it was entirely impossible that a former student might provide him with information that had not found its way into the police reports. Maybe the children knew who had done the dead back then, even if they had not informed the police or the school. Freer leaned back in his chair and looked at the messy files, which did not come anywhere near, providing him with a better insight into how Hala was connected with the disappearance of his son. If anything, they had confused him even more. Maybe the explanation was simply that there was no explanation. For the moment, it was difficult to conclude otherwise. All the same, he did not have to give up immediately. This would haunt him like a nightmare if he stopped now, no matter how little hope he had of finding an explanation. He noticed that it was too late to call Dagny. It was possible that she had further information about the case and just as likely that she had not let him have all the files. She also had the original version of the class photo where the names of the students could be found. He decided to send her an email which would be waiting for her the next morning. As he turned on his computer, the door of the office creaked loudly and he looked up. 
the door opened slowly as if the visitor had his arms full and were pushing it open with his shoulder but before it opened wide enough for someone to step through the gap the door stopped hello freer sat motionless who is it no answer only the clicking sound of a defective fluorescent bulb out in the corridor hello freer stood up annoyed and opened the door there was no one there he looked down the corridor nothing he probably had not shut the door properly either he shrugged and shut it behind him but pulled the knob hard to be certain that the latch fell into place then he sat back down at his computer and opened his email waiting for him was a message from a colleague of his at the national hospital the subject of the message was the name hala so freer opened the email doubting whether anything could surprise him in this matter the message turned out to be quite down to earth compared to everything else the sender was a doctor at the research clinic in pathology the man responsible for performing the autopsy on hala he wanted freer to let him know where he should send the report on the women's condition and asked at the end of the message to be sent information on any psychiatric drugs and other medication that hala had been taking as quickly as possible as if he assumed that the women had been undergoing treatment for mental illness he went on to ask whether freer would also compile a general medical history on the women especially concerning the formation of scars on her back freer raised his eyebrows reached for the medical files and flipped quickly through them in search of information on injuries that might have left behind these scars in case he had overlooked it he had not no accidents illnesses or anything else suggested such a thing Freer replied to the message informing the doctor that he had the files and would be quick in compiling the information. He then added after brief deliberation that he would probably ring him tomorrow morning. It would be easiest to speak to the man directly about the scares as well as to let him know that Hala had not been taking any medication except for high blood pressure and cholesterol. Before closing his email program he opened another message. This one from Sara. His first reaction had been to leave it unread until tomorrow morning, but he decided it was better to get unwelcome news out of the way. He regretted it as soon as he read the short text. Sara was still stuck in the same rut, asking him to call her since she did not want to bother him at work again. She desperately needed to talk to him. since she had the feeling that benny was planning to go after him and she wanted to prepare him for the experience freer shied from time to time sara had said she had seen and heard benny and all of the nonsense that had taken place he found these hallucinations of hers the most difficult to deal with his patients were one thing and he could deal with their problems it was another thing altogether when his ex-wife displayed the same behavior he closed the message determined to call her neither tonight nor he closed the message determined to call her neither tonight nor tomorrow over the course of the week sara would forget about these delusions and they would be replaced by others that he would be better equipped to deal with freer started slightly when a click suggested that someone had grabbed the door knob again the door opened as slowly as before and stopped once there was a small gap the fluorescent bulb could be heard clicking once more now with apparently greater frequency hello 
Freer leaned over the desk to try to see through the gap. There was nothing but the blinking of the faulty ceiling light. Hello? A chill passed over him when a familiar voice whispered in response to his call. A voice that had always been lively, contented and joyful, but that now sounded cold and lifeless. A voice that seemed so near, yet at the same time so infinitely far away. Daddy? Thank you for joining me. I hope you like it.